Hello and welcome to Creative Lives. This is the podcast that's brought to you by Lecture in Progress, where we get to know inspiring creatives. We ask them how they got to where they are today, and we also get them to share their wisdom for those that are just starting out. Our guest this week is Dem Girolamu. My name is Dem Girolamu, and I am a visual designer at Google Health. Dem is part of the design team behind Streams, a healthcare app that provides real-time alerts and information, which helps to support doctors and nurses to deliver better care to patients. Streams started life as an acute kidney injury alerting platform for clinicians and slowly evolved into a general results viewing platform. I am really attached to the product because having spent time working on it, I've become more and more aware of how that fits into the bigger picture in the healthcare space. I am biased and would say that I think Streams is its a privilege to be able to work on it and I find that really exciting. But it was while studying graphic design at Winchester School of Art that Dem's eyes were really opened to the world of UX and product design, something that he didn't know existed. Dem pursued an internship at software development studio Us2 and suddenly everything clicked. He'd go on to land a permanent position as a product designer at the studio before joining Google Health as a member of the team at DeepMind where he helped to grow Streams. Listen in as Dem shares his advice for those looking to get into a role like his, discusses the importance of networking and also why you should seize every opportunity. Dem begins by telling us what an average day looks like and how working in healthcare has influenced his view on design. We have relatively flexible working days. The kind of day that I have will depend quite heavily on the point in the project that we're at. So if we are, for example, thinking about a new feature, then it'll be earlier conceptual stuff that's quite heavily rooted in research. It's very collaborative at that point. So we'll work closely as a broad design team to sketch and iterate on concepts quite quickly, but also making sure that we're gathering input from other disciplines around the team. So that might be engineers inputting on technical feasibility of a very early stage concept, and also spending quite a bit of time with users to better understand that space, what they are trying to achieve and how we might be able to support them with that. And then later on in the features lifecycle, it might be more headphones on time, putting together UI in Figma, UI being the user interface. So depending on what we're up to and whereabouts the feature we are, it will be either very collaborative working with people or it will be very much, I guess, putting together assets for delivery and working closely with the engineers for that. When I was a lot younger, I had this vision of a designer, of a visual designer, UI designer, whatever you want to call it, as someone who would create this product or this interface that in itself was intrinsically beautiful, that people thought was just great design. It was obviously great design and it was kind of like it spoke for itself. Working in the healthcare space it quickly taught me that it's not about design as a function. It's not about design producing something which is intrinsically of itself something that carries its own weight. It's more about how design can be used to solve a real problem in the context where people don't necessarily care or maybe they shouldn't even care about the solution that they're using. It's more about what they're trying to achieve. So working in healthcare has taught me to be much more mindful of the bigger picture and less precious about my discipline being designed, more about how my discipline can support what we're trying to do for the users. By merit of what we do, we have to be collaborative from every, every point in the journey, otherwise we would trip ourselves over. A recurring example of this is if you imagine that we're sketching how an interface might look if we need to show a really long list of, of details about something. If we have an engineer present, then they might sketch a solution that's mindful of the fact that a long list might render slowly on a phone, for example, whereas a designer might not necessarily have that context. So that's one example of why it's important to have input at every stage in the journey. The possibility of applying design in a way which affects people in their day-to-day -day lives is one of the things that drew Dem to working in healthcare. 
He tells us more. So a combination of a few things. One of them was seeing people in product doing real-world good that's actually measurable and you know makes the world a little bit of a better place. It removes friction from important things. And the other is an anecdote that I picked up from my dad a few years ago. I remember I was quite young when his dad, my granddad, died. I think it was it was late 90s and 98. And this was after I told him that us two were working in healthcare and he was talking about why he was so excited about that. He was telling me about when when he left the hospital, I think his his dad died quite suddenly of a heart attack. And he left the hospital and he'd only got a phone a few months before that because they were quite new at the time. And I remember him telling me he just ran into the street outside the hospital, started crying and phoned his wife, my mum. And he spoke about how having the phone on him, having a mobile phone, made him feel less alone in that moment and it connected him to someone else and helped him share his grief and kind of get through that moment a bit better. And what I took from that is the impact that something can passively have in a person's life, make it less painful, make it better, make it more fun, make it whatever, help people through things. And in that situation, it's absolutely not about the technology. It's not about the phone. It's not about the model of phone, whatever. It's about the fact that he could make a call to someone. And thinking about that and how if we were to scale that more and more, like you look at where we're at today and what you can do from a phone, it's incredible. If you look more at situations, what are painful situations, difficult situations, high friction situations? In our case, thinking of that within the clinicians, their work, how does that look? I was really excited at the idea that we can together build something that might make a similar situation for someone else that much easier. And so being able to use my skill set as a designer and work in healthcare was just like a massive check in that box for me. Having experienced what it feels like to work on a project and for it to be dropped, for Dem, it's been important to embrace uncertainty. I think being comfortable in uncertainty is really important. And I don't mean that in like a really broad sense in that like you don't know what your team's going to be doing in a couple of years time. I mean more of the fact that when you're shipping a product, it's always going to happen that things pop up along the way. You, you basically want to fill in as many blanks as you can earlier on to make sure you're building the right thing in the right way. I remember when I started, like the first time I had something I worked on deprioritized, and this was back um, when I worked at an agency, it really sucked. Like I, I was really gutted that something I'd spent a few months on was no longer going to see the real world and be used. But now looking back on it, I can see the reason that decision was made and why it was actually quite important that we didn't just kind of steam ahead with it. So I think getting comfortable understanding that you need to be mindful of the bigger picture and not just be focused insular on the thing that you're working on is kind of its own standalone thing. During his time at university, Dem felt that it was vital to learn as many new skills as possible in order to be better prepared for an ever-changing industry. He tells us how this mindset helped equip him for a career in tech. I was lucky enough to go to uni after I left school and I studied a graphic design degree. It was called Graphic Arts at the time, which was at the Winchester School of Art. It still is one of the fondest periods of my life. I look back on it so fondly. It shaped me massively as a person. I don't think I would be where I am. I definitely wouldn't be where I am without that time. I definitely had the wrong attitude when I was in it and that my understanding was that I needed to absorb as many skills as possible in order to take those and convert them into something that's useful in a job. And having been through that process and having been working for a few years, it's increasingly obvious that like the skills that you need and that the tools that you use change so frequently that it's more about using that time to get comfortable with picking up new skills and tools so you can apply that skill, you can flex that muscle when you're working. 
In the third year, we had a guest speaker come in, um, Matt Gips from us two, and he spoke a little bit about UX design and product design and all this stuff that I hadn't really ever thought about. Like I didn't know that stuff existed, which is kind of embarrassing for a third year design student to admit, but I hadn't really tapped into the world outside of the design course that I was on too much. And so from that moment, I decided that I didn't want to be a graphic designer. I wanted to get into product somehow. I remember learning about user testing and being like, oh, that's such a great idea. That's amazing. We should do that with everything. And then seeing some case studies from us two about like the products they had shipped and how they were received and realizing that firstly, I use things every day that people have designed. Again, obvious for a third year student, but I was thinking purely in graphic design at the time. That really excited me. And I just love the idea that I could take my skills and something I really cared about, which was design creativity and use it to solve problems for people in a way that isn't just about ticking a box. It can be delightful and exciting and solve complicated problems, but doesn't necessarily have to be. And being made aware of that, and especially thinking about the scale in which you can affect things in people was quite an exciting idea at the time, which is something that was the reason I kind of jumped into the space. Before getting to where he is today, Dem used to think that branding was the right path for him. And after graduation, he found himself at creative company moving brands. I was still quite attached to, you know, I'd spent a long time studying graphic design and always loved the idea of branding. And another speaker that we had, Johnny from Moving Brands, he had a similar impact on me where I was just kind of like, this is just really cool a really cool way for a designer to use their skills. And so by the time we graduated, I remember being like, okay, there are two routes. There's branding or there's product, and I'm not sure which one. I felt some kind of obligation to go towards branding, sorry, because I'd spent the past three years thinking more about that than product. So I felt like I would be better at it, it made more sense. And I was super lucky to get an internship at Moving Brands in the summer after I graduated. And I learned loads from them and I made amazing friends who I'm still in touch with and I still am utterly in awe of them and the work they do, but I learned very quickly that I was not cut out for branding. I really enjoyed the work I did, but it just didn't come naturally and I, I felt like I was a bit of an imposter there. And that was really difficult because I really looked up to them and when I got the internship there, I was like, yeah, that's it. Like, I'm in the World Cup type thing, like I'd made it in my eyes. And then to realise that maybe I would have to make the really tough decision to, you know, find something else, having landed in this amazing place I wanted to be, was really difficult. But I knew it made sense because I had this other thing that I was also kind of excited about and I didn't feel like it would be sensible to just shoehorn it until it fitted. So I was really sad to leave them, but I knew I had to at least explore what product felt like. And I, again, was through the privilege of being on a course where they had these connections and we got the opportunity to meet these people, I was able to get an internship at us two after staying in touch with Matt and applying multiple times over the few months between meeting and graduating. And when I was in that space, it, it just clicked. I think I was a product of my environment. Being around such ambitious people at us two in particular, thinking of my internship, it showed that you, you could, like, if you really care about making measurable positive impact in the world through design, through products, then you can do that. And over the few years that I worked there, I started to piece together like a, a mission statement for myself, which was how might I be able to use my skill set to solve long-term problems for, for us, for humans, for people, by focusing on small incremental steps. And I think it was just almost via osmosis, like working around people who were starting to think about the more human side of interacting with your bank or a healthcare system, whatever it is, that was that was really exciting. 
And yeah, I think it just kind of, I don't know what point it clicked, but when I realized that was possible, I didn't want to spend my time working on anything else. Experimenting and trying out new things was important for Dem at the start of his career. He tells us about the first project he was able to sink his teeth into. Starting my career at an agency at a product studio was really great for me because I didn't know what type of product I was interested in. And the nature of working in an agency is such that if you want to hone your skills in pitches or in product discovery phases, whatever it may be, alphas, betas, then generally speaking, if that works available, you can try that. Um, you can note what you learned, what went well, what could have gone better, and then you can try that again, generally quite quickly, if you move to another project. If you want to do a longer term engagement where you're going a bit deeper and thinking maybe about the design system or thinking about product strategy, you can do that. And I spent the first couple of years moving from really different projects. I worked on one of the pillar clients at the time where we spent quite a lot of time adding functionality to an existing product that we'd built with them. I moved to an accelerator phase where we were looking at different propositions for um, another organization. I worked on visual heavy projects. I worked on UXR heavy projects. And through that found what I thought I wanted to do. And then the streams projects popped up and the opportunity to work on that came and um, it was the kind of work I was interested in. It was uh, a domain that I was really interested in and it just seemed to make sense that I tried that. And within the first few weeks, I knew that that's what I wanted to remain on. Like I wanted to work in healthcare, uh, working on this product. Having learned to give and receive constructive feedback, Dem explains how this was one of the biggest challenges he's faced so far. I was a really shy child growing up and I was a really sensitive child and I internalized everything and did for a long time and I still kind of do. And that kind of means that when I was in this place where I had to give honest and constructive feedback and receive it, it, it didn't come natural to me. I was too scared of hurting people. I didn't want to say anything that could be construed as not a compliment. I found that kind of difficult. And it's only through working with a few of the coaches, us two, that I started to really see the value and understand why it's important to give good constructive feedback and what the kind of cost could be if you don't. And so I still am a shy and sensitive person, but I now understand what the cost is of if I'm just trying to sugarcoat everything and say nice things and not address difficult situations. It's not good for anyone. It's more of a vanity exercise of anything because I don't want to feel like I've said anything mean or whatever. So there's some frameworks for giving good feedback. There's, there are frameworks for how to structure giving feedback that kind of walk you through. So even if it feels like a completely different language to you, it will walk you through a way to structure it in, in such that it's, it's delivered well, it's actionable, it's timely. And having a kind of framework like that can really hold your hand through something that could be kind of difficult. Reaching out to people who are good at it is amazing because they can give you very honest feedback on giving feedback. They'll give you lots of good tips. And there's lots of great reference material. I think Medium or you know any, any blogs that go into the topic have generally good advice. Finally, Dem shares his advice for emerging creatives. I wrote a blog post on this, a, I think two years back, and it's basically what I wish I knew when I was in that position. If you search for astronauts, bees and sofas, then it'll come up. And that's basically kind of like what I wish I knew at that point in time. A piece of advice I would pull out is that everything is an opportunity. The way in which you conduct yourself in a situation is always an opportunity. You can always think forward about a reality you want to live in and try and move the needle a bit towards it. And so I remember feeling like 
a small fish in a huge sea and I still feel like that but I remember feeling like anything I do is going to be so insignificant in you know in the grand scheme of things and how am I going to end up somewhere at a scale or you know operating at a level that I want to considering that I have never worked in product I don't really understand it all of that stuff but I think your attitude and the way that you conduct yourself in a situation is one of the bigger defining factors in if you're likely to be able to do that or not when I say everything's an opportunity I mean, like the way that you conduct yourself with people, if you're on an internship, for example, the way that you conduct yourself around people, the way that you kind of carve out the kind of person you're going to be in that environment is, is going to be a long lasting legacy that you leave. If you are doing a piece of work for someone, the way that you think about and, and you know, conduct that piece of work will say a lot about the kind of designer that you want to be. And I think being mindful of who you want to be, where you want to get to, and thinking about how you can use your daily life and the challenges you face and things you're trying to do in order to slowly build up the foundations to reach that place, I think is a nice and actionable and not too overwhelming way to think about it. It's not to say that you have to best internship or get you know be the best at what you do. It's more about your attitude towards yourself, your attitude towards feedback and, and listening to other people who might have advice for you. It might be around the kind of projects that you want to take on, the way that you execute them how you spend your time, how you communicate with others, all of that kind of stuff. Everything is an opportunity. The Creative Lives podcast is brought to you by Lecture in Progress. We're a platform that's helping emerging talent to grow fulfilling creative careers. I'm Marianne Hanoon and our guest this week was Dem Girolamu. Our editor is Ivor Manley with production support from Ayla Angelos. In case you missed it, we've also launched our all-new Opportunities Board. It's a centralised hub for entry-level opportunities, so you'll be able to find everything from junior job postings to learning schemes and internships across the UK. You can check it out at opportunitiesboard.lectureinprogress.com. Lecture in Progress is, of course, made possible with the support of our brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, GifGaf and the Paul Smith Foundation. You can find out more at lectureinprogress.com and we also love hearing from you, so please do get in touch or leave us a rating. Till then, we'll see you next week. <laughs>